Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Connecting to the Essence of You. 20 years ago, a rare disease rendered David New deaf, blind, and paralyzed from the waist down. Rejecting his doctor's terminal diagnosis, defying all odds, David learned to walk again and gradually regained his hearing, though he did not regain his sight. A multi-talented artist who creates laser-edged glass sculptures, which have been exhibited in many art galleries and at the Miami Art Basel. He's also the founder of several companies and nonprofits, including his newest venture, of which I'm very honored to be part of as a board member, the South Beach Jazz Festival. David works tirelessly to break down barriers and to educate others about living and working with people with disabilities. He's the founder of the Miami Beach Council of the Blind and has chaired several committees, which mission is advocating for disability. Hello, David, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hello. How are you? Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm very, very excited uh, because I've had also the honor and pleasure to to meet you. And I know that after this conversation, uh, if I admire you already, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, he's my new <laughs> idol. But, uh, you know, here back to basics, how we do things is we just start with uh, with a little bit of the origin story. If you can share where were you born and a little bit about how your childhood was uh, in terms of what you were passionate about and what you dreamt in terms of, you know, what you would become as an adult. OK, well, I was born in Philadelphia. And I had a pretty normal suburban upbringing, nothing out of the ordinary, I would say. Uh, I was very creative as a, as a child, and my mom fostered it, that in me. And I went to art school from a young age. I, when I was five or six, I started going to art school with much older kids and continued that path up and through college. So I, I graduated from a Germantown Academy in Philadelphia. And then I went to university. I went to six universities. So, oh, my God. Uh, I know. I read I that. I started Rutgers <laughs> University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, at the Mason Gross School of the Arts. For What's that? No, no. That, uh, I read all the university you had attended to. And I was like, oh, my God. You, uh, you definitely love to study. Well, I don't love to study. That's the thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And I got out of that by going to art school. So I went to, I went for graphic design and fashion design, industrial design, and advertising, and all kinds of artistic pathways. And so they, they were exciting for me. And uh, I was a very visual person. And when I turned 30 and I became ill and I lost my eyesight and my hearing and was paralyzed from the waist down. At that point, the doctors told my parents that I was terminal and they wanted to put me in hospice and mm. any kind of career path or, uh, or life goals were kind of sidelined or on the very back burner because I was just trying to survive physically. And that took, you know, that took a couple of, of years just for me to learn how to walk again and, 
for my hearing to return and, and to orient myself as a person who's blind. Uh, I'm totally blind. I don't see any light. It took some time for me to get oriented. And once I did, I became more involved in the community which I live, uh, which is South Beach, mm-hmm. Miami Beach. And I contacted the mayor and and uh, City Hall, and I wanted to be more involved and make initiatives for accessibility for people with disabilities. And I really didn't know where to begin. So I just, they welcomed me there. I, I came in uh, to the Disability Access Committee, and I, I spoke and they listened. And, you know, several years later, I finally became the chair of that committee and was able to make some real change. And mm-hmm. it started with a disability awareness day where we had all kinds of events. And that was the implementation of the audible pedestrian signals, which talk to mm-hmm. notify people when it's safe to cross. It's for blind and deafblind people. Uh, and that really started my, my movement into my relationship with the city government and how things are changed on that level. And I uh, found that it's a very slow process, <laughs> yes. uh, but you know, that was 2009. It's 14 years later. And, you know, we have accomplished some really great things uh, on, on my own through my nonprofit organizations, I, of which I am the president of, of both uh, Power Access Inc. and Access Now Inc., which I took over in 2012, which is an ADA advocacy organization. Mm-hmm. And and so I began doing these events to create awareness about people living with disabilities and to provide opportunities for them as well. And they started out with children's programs and uh, business luncheons with the Chamber of Commerce and 5K runs and dining in the dark citywide. And uh, we did about a dozen events every year. And they were very successful and, and definitely kept me busy. <laughs> but finally, I decided that I really wanted to do something and focus on one thing. And that became the South Beach Jazz Festival, which I'm so happy and proud that you're involved with now because it's really grown over the last seven years. This year is our seventh year. Uh, it's going to be bigger than ever before. We're in so many different venues and locations. and we feature Grammy award-winning musicians with disabilities, and we provide scholarships for students, mus- musical students with disabilities. And it's become something wonderful that, in a sense, I feel like it's becoming a legacy for me and that I know that it will go on whether I'm here or not, which is really the best feeling, knowing oh. that you created something in the world that's positive that will that will go on far beyond your your time here and your involvement so that I'm, is I'm happy. Uh, no I, and and you know it's uh well the thing is with your story it's obviously you have to face a huge challenge in life when you're 30 and you're thinking you know you're gonna start doing you know really living life at 30 when you study yep. and you have all this and you face an incredible challenge and I'm really sorry you had to go through that but at the same time it's just so inspirational to see how you know, when others will have completely paralyzed, <laughs> literally and fact- factual, like 
oh, now mm-hmm. I, I, my life is done. You decide to channel all that energy into creating so much good that it's very inspirational. And one must wonder if, you know, sometimes this path that life takes, I mean, uh, the fulfillment, I'm sure, as you say, this legacy you're creating, I don't know if when you don't face those challenges, you're not even thinking about that. And I think that's part of the awareness, right? That when we go, we are on automatic pilot and life, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people, we don't value the blessings we have. Right. And you know what? In a lot of ways, yes, I'm sorry that it happened. And in a lot of ways, I'm not sorry that it happened because it changed me in a way that now I live my life so much more fully and with more urgency and intent and I'm focused. Whereas Mm -hmm. before I knew, you know, that I was an artist and I was engaged, but I, I wasn't really focused. And this definitely, (laughs) this focused me and, and I've learned so much about the world and people and how to get things done. And it's, so many ways it's been a blessing. So, you know, if I hadn't had the experience, I don't know who I would be right now, but mm-hmm. I know I'm more authentic of a human being than I ever have been. And I'm happy for that. Mm. You said that and I got goosebumps because, you know, it's it's living authentically. It's uh, so difficult and sometimes you get pushed through that situation, but it's very inspiring to hear. And, you know, when a dear friend in common that we have uh, talked to me about the mm-hmm. South Beach Jazz Festival, I mean, I say this is brilliant because, you know, it's South, first it's South Beach. Who doesn't love South Beach? Even if I <laughs> now I'm married right. with kids, I don't get down there as much as I used to as a, <laughs> in my single mm-hmm. days going to <laughs> UM. But, you know, everybody loves South Beach. Everybody loves music. And then when they say, and then the goal, you know, is to help people with, the, you know, musicians with disabilities. And the whole mission of the South Beach Jazz Festival is just, it's impossible to say no to support it because in all fronts, it's just a win-win-win from every single angle you see it. So you put together an incredible, uh, you know, initiative that I definitely believe it's going to be a huge legacy. Yes, thank you. Thank you. It it does mean a lot to me. I love it in South Beach. I lived here when I was in my early 20s and I moved around a bit until I was 30 and then focused my sights again on South Beach because I knew as a person who's blind that living in a pedestrian friendly community was the best place for me mm-hmm. and South Beach is definitely that uh, I'm very I have a great location on my home I'm near everything and it really is the best place you know I, I couldn't if you asked me in a, another place I would want to live I would really be hard-pressed to, to come up with another city Mm, yeah, no, it's a definitely we we have we have our bad things, but we have many good things. And, uh, you yes. know, of course, I'm going to have all the information about South South Beach Jazz Festival. The main event is in January. Everybody will will share more. But the I mean, the lineup, the artist, everything, it's, uh you know, it's going to be a top event. And then there's different initiatives throughout the year that are put together for us to in- enjoy jazz and also to support, as you say, uh, the youth with disabilities that what that you know our musicians and the scholarships and so it's uh, it's incredible so all the information will be sharing these uh show notes and so why don't we talk a little bit about your art because i love the fact 
that, you know, again, when you face a challenge and you're now blind and, and, and people say, and, and he does sculptures, I mean, that's the first thing. And you're like, define what, you know, what people think, what we all think. Um, tell us a little bit about your your uh, sculpture uh, love and in, and what you put together in the in your art. Well, my art, you know, it's it's visual. You mm-hmm. know, you can't deny that. I I do like to create art that's tactile and and uses other senses for perception. However, some of the things I do are not necessarily for people who are blind. For example, my laser etched glass sculptures, you know, I have these images that are laser Im- embedded in a thick slab of glass and they're illuminated with LED lights underneath. So it sort of looks like a floating hologram. Mm. And for anybody who is blind touching it, they just feel a flat piece of glass. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I know the image because I curated it and I uh and I designed, and I designed it. So for me, it's fulfilling because I know what other people are seeing, and I can conjure in my head what it looks like. But I'm really, uh, you know, that's something I started in 2016. I did a series of iconic architecture and some celebrities, and a series of two dollar bills, and mm. so they're really fun. And I, I also ha- have always had a strong desire to work in interior design because I love all different mediums. I love fabric and metal and glass, and I like to put all of them together. So where do they come together most is in, in homes or architecture or interior design. So actually for the last couple of years, I was working on a TV show and it was going to be, believe it or not on HBO max. And I was so thrilled about it. Wow. Yeah. And, through the pandemic, that that was the majority of the work that I was doing, and uh, it was very fulfilling. But in show business, things happen, and you can't predict. And I I knew that going into it, and mm-hmm. then uh, they pulled the plug on it uh, right before we were about to shoot. So oh. that was unfortunate. But I have to say that the experience working on that for the year and a half uh, or two years that I was doing that. I learned so much and it was so exciting and invigorating that I, I don't really feel that there was a loss. I feel like there's, there's a gain with everything that I do and, and even failing uh, sometimes is where you learn the most. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, I, and I, I know it was due to no fault of my own. I, I was very happy about the work that I was doing. So, uh, I, I love interior design. I love doing the glass sculptures. Uh, I also create flatware, which is very geometric and avant-garde and all kinds of accessible products for people with disabilities, like braille tags for clothing and uh, stuff, stuff along those lines for people who are blind. So, you know, I, I keep busy. <laughs> no, you you do you do keep very busy, and uh, if I think I read somewhere that on your let's say uh, future plans is to open maybe a gallery in Miami Beach. Did I read that correctly? Well, that's always been a dream of mine to have my own gallery. But uh, also in the last few years, I have developed my board of directors for mm-hmm. my other nonprofit called Access Now, 
And we were working to create an accessible art museum in the Philadelphia area. And I have some really wonderful people on my board. And we partnered with the University Arts in Philadelphia and their museum studies and education in the arts up there. And so I've been going up there every summer to work with them. And so, you know, that's a project that's ongoing. And I don't have any dates to announce or anything like that. But uh, I'm really excited about that kind of work and getting involved with with artists and architects all around the world that deal with accessibility and museums. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's incredible. So it's it's good. I mean, you're so full of dreams and I and I love the fact that you know you you have this uh creating the force for the greater good. And I know a lot of people, me included, that you know you and, and I found my way into into boards of nonprofits and that's I guess my my a soft entrance into this nonprofit and, and just really stepping up our game into doing more for others. What's any advice as somebody that has started successfully? I mean, not only companies, but nonprofits and you have created this legacy that any advice that you have for anybody out there that maybe wants to go and do a, a something similar that you have learned along the way, any wisdom you can pass on? Any wisdom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I can speak from, from my experience that dealing with uh, nonprofits in what I have chosen to do is engage and involve as many people as possible. I know everybody has something to contribute and my goal is to empower them to give and to contribute in their own way, whatever their skills are. You know, I've worked with people, volunteers from the community on all of the events and sometimes people say, I got this, I can, you know, I can create a 5k run, I can work with the people, I can make it happen. And then, you know, sometimes they're a little, it's a little daunting for them. And they think, well, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. And then maybe I'll walk them through it. And I'll say, well, let's get in touch with these people and, and uh, bring some other people in and see how we can get done what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, sometimes people are a little unsteady on their feet when approaching new things, but I really try to engage them and help them along. And really at the end of the day, I think people who get involved are proud of what they're doing and they see a tangible outcome that they were a part of and instrumental in making come to fruition. And that was very meaningful for for them and for me. So I would say if you're involved in a nonprofit organization or any kind of work, really get involved and engage other people and, and ask them what they want to do. Don't just put them in a position where you need a spot filled. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then make room for them. There's room for everyone. Mm, I love that. There's room for everybody. That's, that's powerful. And, and, and so I, the other thought I have, it's obviously, you know, how to make things better I know that even the at the FCC level, where I'm, I'm honored to serve on the telecommunic on a few telecommunication boards, they do have committees geared towards you know uh, hearing aids and how how we can make it easier for everybody. If you have the ability to solve some of the issues that people with disabilities in different fronts, obviously, but to the to the extent that you're familiar with, if you have the ability to to make some decisions to improve the lives of 
you know, people with that challenge. What were those ideas that you would like to throw out there? Well, that's all that I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, a lot of people are going to be listening to this. So I want, I want you to, you know, is there anything that, you know, that people high up there need to, is there a disconnect in terms of what the real needs are from the people? Well, yeah. That, mm-hmm. yeah, there is a disconnect, but things are changing. I mean, there's this, uh, this, this word that people are using inclusion. Mm-hmm. And, and what that means to me is people who are making decisions and creating products, engaging with the people who are the end users, the people with the, disabilities in this particular case and asking them what is their life like what is their experience what are their needs and and when they have an open dialogue then that makes for a better outcome Mm -hmm. yes and i I feel that that's essential and you know i have vision councils on uh on on my other board and we engage people from the community with disabilities, all kinds of disabilities, uh, and ask them about their experiences and engage them in, um, in, in the events that we do and really get feedback from them. And because it's there, they are the people who are going to be using the end product and having the experience. And if it's not catered to them, then what's the point really? Mm. Yeah, that's that's a powerful thought. And that's why we all need to get involved because, uh, you know, even through my podcast, I've interviewed other people that also, you know, are a big advocates for, for the disability cause. And I've learned so much and I'm happy I have because, you know, it, it you have to sometimes take your sunglasses out and put a different pair in. And that doesn't mean you're seeing anything. It's just even how they feel. And this is, you know, just be empathetic to the fact that we all have different needs and, and different challenges. So, so we all do. Yes, all absolutely. Yeah. So Dave, anything else that you're excited about that you would like to share? I mean, you have so much going on besides the South Beach Jazz Festival. Any other um, projects that you like to, you have an open microphone to share anything <laughs> else that we haven't touched upon? I do have a lot of projects and I, I'm making an open call for anybody who wants to be involved in what I'm working on, what we're working on, or if they have ideas of their own that they want to see uh, come come about, and they may be not so sure about how to accomplish that. And maybe we could have a conversation about what it is that they want to do and how they how we can make that happen together. I'm all about collaboration and um, helping other people in the community, no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be disability related. Mm, that's very kind of you, and and I mean, for from somebody with so much experience and expertise, I just love that. I'm I'm a collaborator at heart too, and I always say, if we all share, compare notes more often, um, mm-hmm. we will work more efficiently. Because you see, sometimes so many initiatives that are are like reinventing the wheel over and over and uh sometimes it's just could could be so much simpler so thank you for that so i always like to end my interviews uh dave with asking uh my guests about things that make them tick that make things that make them connect to their soul so in those moments where you know you're feeling down or low on energy is there any activity anything that you do besides your your art that uh helps you connect to your essence uh, well, music, of course, uh, especially jazz. And I like 
all genres of jazz. And I really listen to it all the time. I mean, I, I like other kinds of music as well, but jazz definitely soothes me and my soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like reading and listening to podcasts. I, you know, as a person who's blind, podcasting is really a blessing for the mm-hmm. world, especially people who are blind, because you don't have to engage visually. And uh, it's it's very satisfying. Mm. So I learned so much from through that. And and that that's how I relax. And uh, I'm always looking for new ways to engage with podcasters. And I've been uh, guests on many podcasts about mm-hmm. my experience and about making things more accessible as far as self-driving cars and accessible technology for people who are not only blind, but have all kinds of disabilities. I'm always working with global companies to push those projects further. And I'm a big user and adapter of new technologies as well. Mm. Well, that sounds a lot of fun. And that sounds also why we um, have a lot in common, the more I learn about (laughs) you. So, Dave, this has been great. Uh, as you know, I'm a big fan. I'm so happy to be involved with the South Beach Jazz Festival, and we will, you know, promote it even more. If you if you're in the South Florida area, this is something you definitely want to be part of. Just you know, the mu- the music quality of this show, even even you know the small things that we put, I put together on a weekend, like oh, come and listen, and you see these bands, and they will blow you away. So definitely, you have to check it out. Um, yeah, so, it's been a real joy talking with you. Thank you. And just want to mention the website is SobeJazzFestival.com. And all the information in the lineup for this year's events uh, are on there already. And if you have any questions, you can contact me. My phone number and my email address are on the website as well. So oh, thank you, Leticia, so much for so having much, me on. David. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in. And I'll see you at the South Beach Jazz Festival. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.